Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balserac with A4 Wealth Advisors. And my amazing co-host, the one and only Mr. Tony Shore. Tony, how are you this morning? I'm alive and awake, and I'm happy to be here with you, John. It's going to be a good show. It's a great day. I've had my coffee. I'm excited. Great. Well, we have an interesting topic today, something a little bit uh, that's not of the norm that we normally have on our show, Sure. which is how to avoid phone scams and what are tariffs, question mark. Yeah. What are tariffs? A, a lot of people don't fully understand the whole tariff thing, so I'm looking forward to that. So you've kind of got two topics for us. Both are pretty hot in the news lately, and phone scams seem to be becoming more and more prevalent, so I'm excited to talk about that. But I wanted to let you know, thank you for having me on the show. I've had a great week. This has just been a good one for me. I feel like I've gotten a lot done. How about you, John? What have you been up to? We are we are doing fantastic. We got our kids in in golf camp. They finally they finally wound down baseball, and now they're in golf camp. Wow! You know? So it's always a great sport to have on the side. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah! Great sport to do business, and um, that's good. It's keeping my wife sane, and everything's good. Summer's here. That's summer's awesome. In full, summer's in full effect, and uh, believe it or not, we are busier than ever. Um, you know, it's nice sometimes when it slows down, but it hasn't, but that's a good thing. That's a blessing. And, uh, we're going to get right into today's show because I think there's a lot of confusion out there, Tony. We know these phone scams have been around for a long time. I mean, if I don't see the caller, I just block it or I don't know them. Yep. Um, but we're going to shed some light on these topics today. Well, that sounds good. And I've been looking forward to this because, uh, both of these things, as I said, uh, both have been in the news lately and it'll be good to learn about the mechanics of tariffs. And what to watch out for as far as some phone scams. And they seem to especially target seniors. Correct. So, you know, we're going to address both topics, you know, phone scams. And with that in mind, we're going to first dive into an examination of some of the common phone scams that are out there. Okay. So we're going to be talking about scams highlighted in a recent Reader's Digest article. Watch out. These 10 phone scams could steal your money. So, you know, we have a lot of clients out there that are retired and, um, you know, they become victims because they just don't understand how this works. So our goal is to give you information that's going to help you avoid uh, falling for these types of scams. And phone scams are an increasing problem. Uh, According to a September 2018 press release, this is from firstorion.com, a company that was designed to provide transparency in communication. You know, people want transparency in everything to include your financial planning. But nearly 50%, Tony, of U.S. mobile traffic will be scam calls by 2019. Wow. 50%. I mean, I get like 20 a day. You know, as soon as I get them, I block them. You know? Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, arming yourself with knowledge about different types of phone scams could be useful in keeping your financial information safe. You know, having transparency and being able to lock down your information, you know, two critical things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that statistic, 50% of all mobile calls this year in 2019 will be scams. That sounds awful. Yeah, not only um, are there a lot of scam phone calls, there are also many different types of phone scams. Uh, The first one mentioned in the Reader's Digest article is the Can You Hear Me scam. Uh, This con is designed to record your voice when you answer yes. Uh, The recording can then be used to claim that you agreed to something that you didn't agree to. Uh, One way to avoid this is to answer in a full sentence. Uh, Reader's Digest suggests using, I can hear you just fine instead. Um, Of course, I wouldn't answer at all. I would just, it'd be crickets and and I wouldn't even answer the phone. Okay. Um, crickets or, or, uh, just block or just, you know, go right to your voicemail, you know? Yeah. And, And a call like that seems so innocent. And we all remember that classic commercial. Can you hear me now with that line? But I, so I guess yes. it's easy for people. That was Verizon, to, right, Tony? Yep, the Verizon. Verizon. Guy. Can you hear me now? And now he's now he's at Sprint. I know the guy who did the "Can you hear me now?" is at Sprint. I bet you he makes big money doing that. I bet you he makes a lot of money. Um, yeah, uh, it probably beats radio even at this point. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, that is funny. He switched companies. But you know, I guess it would be easy for people, John, to get confused and give the scammers exactly what they want in response to something like that. You know, yeah, that, that's a very memorable commercial, and I know the next scam is especially prevalent during tax season, which we really we just came out of. Yep. Um, the caller will pretend to be an Internal Revenue Service agent, threatening legal action if you don't pay a balance immediately. I've gotten so many of those. So ridiculous. Um, They may even ask you to confirm your personal information, and it's all a scam. Okay? I mean, the IRS only uses official letterhead for communications. As a matter of policy, you know, they will not call you. Um, Even if you feel the call might be legit, hang up and call the IRS directly. You know, if you have an issue, the official phone number should connect you within the appropriate department. And, you know, anytime you get some kind of demand like that, you know, saying it's a grandson or granddaughter, hey, help, I need money, call them directly, probably isn't them. Right. Um, so, I mean, these are things that just happen every day, and a lot of people fall victim to it. They just don't know any better. Yeah. So, to repeat, the IRS will never call you. They'll send a letter. So, uh, that's, that's a correct. really good tip. Yeah, the IRS won't call you. Uh, your bank might call you, but the IRS won't. So how do you know uh, if the calls are legitimate? You know, perhaps your bank is calling to verify recent transactions on your credit card or your debit card. You know, you can safely answer yes or no to these questions, but don't provide any additional information or details. You know, again, you can always hang up, call the bank directly. And then you could find out that way. I mean, that's the safest way to do it. I wouldn't yeah. even mess around with it. Nope. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't answer. I, I just let it go right to voicemail. And if it's if they leave a message, then you call the bank directly or go into the branch, talk to them, and they'll say, no, that wasn't us, you know, nine times out of ten. Or if it was them, they'll tell you what it was. But you just want to protect yourself. Right. And if some if somebody calls you and says they're your bank, say, I'm going to call you back. And if they give you a number – 
or if they leave a message with a number, don't call that number back. Take your bank card and flip it over. There's always a number. If you have an ATM card or a bank card from your bank or Visa, it'll Great. have the number, 800 number, right on the back. Just hang up, wait a second, call that number and ask, hey, I just got a call. I don't know if it was legit, so I'm calling back. Is there a problem with my account? That's the way to handle that. Do not call them back at a number they leave and don't talk to them on the phone if they call. Just hang up. Great advice, Tony. Right? We meant to change the name of the show. <laughs> well, I know you're the guy giving the advice, but <laughs> I'm I just- kidding. Because I've I had think, friends- I think that you nailed been, that, Tony. You yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so sure when people seem to know information about you, though, John, it makes it seem more legitimate, doesn't it? Well, sure. Sure. I mean, that's why people say use a P.O. box because people can steal your mail. I mean, they can learn a lot about you. You know, people say don't leave too much information on Facebook or other social media right. be because they can they can become you. Um, and that's what these scam artists are doing. Uh, you know, they're trying to find out as much as they can about you to impersonate you. Um, so, you know, curiosity is hard to resist and the one ring scam plays into that. Uh, you know, your phone will ring, but just once the scammers want you to call back out of curiosity. Uh, so you confirm that your number is working and they may answer or call you back later and flip the script by asking why you called them. Then in your confusion, they can try and get important personal data from you. So yeah, that's another scam that's yeah. out there. Yeah, and that here's feels, the thing. That I mean, if there's like one a ring, and I don't, I don't call them back. They don't leave a message. It's no. not important enough for me. Yeah. So. And even if they do, uh, you got to make sure. Hey, if it's something important, like you got to verify. They say they're the government or your bank. Don't call the number back that they leave. And that kind of feels like a dirty trick to confuse and overwhelm people like that, John. They are. Well, they're scammers. That's the business that they're in. Yeah. Uh, so you know, technology can be frustrating and confusing. And scammers use those emotions to con you out of your data. So in the next scam, you could receive a call from someone claiming to be a major technology company like Apple or Microsoft or Facebook or even your local internet provider. You know, we have like Spectrum here and Time Warner and, um, you know, they may ask if you've had, you know, your, a computer or a phone problem recently and that they offer to fix your computer or fix your phone um, by having you do a download. Of course, the download software has malware in it, Tony, um, and then that could slow your computer or they could steal information from your computer. Um, so if you're having problems that require tech support, hang up the phone, get the company, you know, you can Google the actual real number for Microsoft or whoever your provider is, and you call them, Yeah, you know? So this is the thing, and again, people are making these mistakes, and you know, scammers are getting so good at it because they'll figure out like where you shop, or you know, if you bought an Amazon card, yep, and then they'll send you an email, say, hey, click here to get your Amazon card. You're not really thinking, you click on it, boom, it's a phishing email. Yeah, you just put mail. I mean, and I mean, so it's you have to have such awareness all the time. Yeah. You do, and you mentioned those calls from Apple, Microsoft, and I Facebook. was going to send you a free Pizza Hut coupon and just to test you, Tony. <laughs> you would have clicked on it. Oh, probably. But uh, <laughs> but you mentioned Apple, Microsoft, and Facebook. Those companies will never, ever call you. If, if somebody calls and says they're from Microsoft or Apple, just hang up because they're not. 
exactly. or Facebook. You can't even get if you tried to get a hold of somebody at Facebook, you could not an actual person. So That's true. so you got to watch out for that. But my mother in law, John, got taken by that one. So they called her up, said they were with Microsoft. She's not good with technology. So they convinced her. They said, "Are you having? Is your computer slow?" She said, "Why, yes," and said, "Yeah, we're having problems with the." With the uh, software, uh, the Microsoft software in your computer needs to be updated, but we have to do it from our end. Go to your computer and do this, and we only charge this much for it. So she gave them her billing information and gave them access to her computer. And from there, they got her bank account information, and they said, okay, to set up security, we need your mother's maiden name, all this. So they had everything. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. It, It was bad, and it seems like it's a trend right now. Incoming calls used to confuse and steal information, especially to influence a vulnerable person like seniors who might not understand technology as well. Uh, I just think it's terrible. It is. And, you know, one of the most disturbing and nefarious phone scams involves a call claiming to have a loved one, you know, held against their will. Wow. This could be, like I said, a child or grandchild. This happened to a friend of mine. Oh. And the scammers may even play on your emotions with you know dramatic acts like someone screaming in pain in the background or pleading for help. Uh, in these scenarios, it could be easy to let your emotions carry you away. You know, try to contact the loved one another way. Gather as much information from the caller as possible. Uh, if they're willing to stay on the phone and help you confirm a monetary transaction, it's quite possible that they're a scammer and not a kidnapper. You know, kidnappers rarely stay on the phone for long. So if they're willing to hold while you get your wild, it should be a very a red flag. But try to reach out to your child another way. And nine times out of ten, this is not what's actually happening. But, you know, I, like I said, this happened to a friend of mine, and, and the grandfather was told that their grandson was needed help and needed money. Um, you know, I think they said that he was in jail, and if they, they, if they wired $2,000, they could get him out of jail. And he almost did it. Oh. Then he then he then at the last second he tried to reach out by phone and said and he said that was not him. So that stuff wow. happens every day. Now if you're out there listening, you're thinking, well, how, what does this do with finances? Well, we want to protect people's money. We want to protect people's privacy. Um, it's all about you know having a good financial plan and just you know having awareness. If anybody out there wants to learn more about how they can protect their privacy and their information, and they need a plan. Um, give us a call toll-free at 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. We would love to help you. All right. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with our host, John Balserac, after this. Asset allocation can be a huge part of a successful retirement. But where do you start? We start by providing our clients with the Rule of 100 report. This report helps to provide general guidelines for proper allocation of your retirement and investment assets. We complement this insightful report with the My Point of View questionnaire. Do you have a financial point of view? This insightful self-assessment will help you answer that question. These crucial retirement documents can be found in the Retirement Income Toolkit, and you can get yours right now by either downloading it at a4wealth.com or by calling us at A4 Wealth Advisors at 888 888- 949-7475. Don't start planning your retirement without it. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, 
And our host, the man with the plan, is John Balserac from A4 Wealth Advisors. Well, hey, we're talking about phone scams. At least we were in the first segment, and we're going to continue with that, right? Yeah, another type of scam uh, the article mentions is jury eligibility. Like, don't you dread those calls, Tony? Oh, yeah, that's one you don't want to get. (laughs) (laughs) This one you don't want to get, you know, but a target may receive a call that claims they were up for jury duty. And a scammer will then ask them to confirm some personal information, you know, uh, what they're trying to do to steal sensitive information. You know, as we mentioned earlier, the best way to combat this uh, attempt is to hang up and then call the phone number associated with the official department at the courthouse, whoever it might be. Don't ask the caller for a number to call them back. If they're legitimate, you should be able to find them, uh, you know, Google it online with the courthouses in your jurisdiction, and they'll give you a phone number. So again, this all can be avoided. Hang up the phone, call a legitimate number, and nine times out of 10, you'll find out that the whole, this is all just one big scam. Yeah, and it sounds a lot like those IRS and bank scams you mentioned in the first segment. Exactly. Uh, the attempt is the same no matter what kind of smokescreen, uh, you know, they're going to disguise themselves, um, you know, whether it's the IRS, whether it's your bank, whether it's jury duty. Uh, maybe they'll say it's a sweepstakes and you've won, you know. Um, these are all just ways to manipulate and confuse and scam the consumer yeah. to do one thing, get your personal information so they can use it against you. Yeah, Your social and, security number or whatever it is to get into your accounts, you need to have an air of caution. Yeah. A healthy dose of skepticism can be, I think, a valuable weapon here against these scams. A very healthy dose. It's very well put. So, you know, this brings us to the final phone scam we're going to discuss today. You know, as we mentioned before, scam artists will prey on confusion. Uh, They'll try scare tactics, and they will at times also take advantage of an individual's charitable nature. So scammers can impersonate charities, political parties, lobbyists, nonprofit organizations, or even alumni associations. Uh, They'll use your charitable nature against you and ask for donations over the phone. Um, and while you may want to donate to any of these organizations or group, it's appropriate to ask them to mail you more information or hang up the phone and call the number directly. So hopefully our listeners are getting that. You know, this can be hard for some people. It's not easy to be rude. But it's better to be rude uh, than put your financial data or accounts at risk. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's just the new normal. It's the world that we live yeah. in today. And people and consumers need to protect themselves. Yeah. Are there ways to check up on these charitable organizations? Uh, That's a great question. Uh, There are some resources out there to help you learn more about some organizations. One third-party resource for listeners out there is charitynavigator.org. Again, that's charitynavigator.org, which rates organizations on factors like how much of each donation goes to the cause versus administration costs, you know. You know, some of these out there, they're paying their CEOs or the people that run them hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that might not be appropriate. You know, some of the best charities, the board pays themselves nothing. Uh, they give of their time. And I'm not saying if they, you know, salaries are paid, that's a bad thing, but exorbitant ones, you just might want to know that, okay, yeah. up front oh, yeah. before you decide yeah. to give. Um, but Charity Navigator's rating system examines two broad areas of a charity's performance their financial health and their accountability and transparency. 
So if you don't have accountability and transparency, bad things happen, Tony. Um, so their ratings can also help donors make informed decisions about where their money actually goes. And since 2001, they've rated more than 9,000 charities. Wow. Charitynavigator.org. Check it out. So now we're going to talk about tariffs and define what they are. We've certainly heard that word a lot over the past year, John, when it comes to these potential trade wars across the globe. Could maybe you help our, help the listeners and myself understand how all these different percentages and tariffs we hear about in the news all work? Tony, absolutely. So, for example, let's say a tariff on a microwave is 25%, and a foreign company prices that microwave at $100. Due to the tariff, the American company buying that microwave would have to pay an additional 25 bucks. That would bring the total cost of the microwave to $125. So the importer often passes the increased expense onto the consumer who purchases the microwave. The extra 25 doesn't go to the foreign company selling the microwave. Tariff proceeds go to the U.S. Department of the Treasury. So does that make sense? Well, so the tariff percentage could potentially impact the cost of the goods uh, that are being taxed. Uh, I get that. Are tariffs a new concept? Not at all, okay? According to Smithsonian.com article, A History of America's Ever-Shifting Stance on Tariffs, tariffs aren't a new concept, okay? In fact, uh, they go all the way back to the 1760s. That's when you were in first grade, Tony, <laughs> 1760s. Right. Uh, great Britain, you know, they, they charged heavy uh, import duties that increase prices on many desirable goods like glass, like lead, paper, even even on tea. So I think you can see where this is going. Yeah. Well, when you mentioned tea and Great Britain in the 1700s, I feel like you might be talking about that certain party in Massachusetts Bay, right? That's correct. Correct again, Tony. You, you did stay awake in history class. Well, at least I've stayed awake for the show. That's the important part. You have. But the famous Boston Tea Party was partly in response to those higher prices. So after the American Revolution, tariffs were a major source of revenue for the new American government. And remember, there wasn't a federal income tax until 1913. So tariffs also had a hand in the Great Depression. Many economists believe uh, that Herbert Hoover's uh, protectionist move, uh, and that was the the Smooth Haley Act that was in June of 1930, did more harm than good. It was supposed to help the country recover from the stock market crash of 1929, but it made things even worse internationally. Uh, you know, so production booms during World War II and the Cold War led the country to enact fewer tariffs and to focus on aligning with a free trade philosophy. The philosophy eventually led to the establishment of, you know, of the World Trade Organization. This is in 1995. Um, so that's just a little bit of history for people out there. Yeah. So what you're saying basically is tariffs were a big deal, but then they kind of went away when uh, free trade was enacted. A lot of the free trade philosophy came to be. So tariffs have been around for a long time, though. Why does it feel like they're relatively new? 
So since the 2016 election, you know, tariffs have been making a comeback. Uh, they've been used as a foreign policy tool as much as they've been used as an economic tool. So tariffs as high as 25% have been levied against imports from China, from Canada, and the European Union, South Korea, Brazil, Argentina, and many more. And this can also affect exports from the United States. Countries often react to new tariffs by imposing their own on products coming from you know, the United States. So that's right there why it's been in the news so much in the past few years. I know I have family that are soybean farmers in southern Minnesota, and uh, it's really started to affect them So uh, because they export the soybeans to China. So. And China yep. threatens to put tariffs on that. So it really it really goes back and forth. It does. It does. And you know, not to get into politics, but you know, many people think that the United States has been paying very, very high tariffs for a very long time. It, it, there's been no equilibrium. So it'd be nice if it was two right. for two or yeah. you know, twenty five you know, and the higher the worse, but unless one country's charging you twenty five and they're you're charging them too, I do believe in equilibrium. So Oh yeah, for um, sure. And I do think it'll be better once they get worked out. And, and it yeah. should be a nice shot in the stock market uh, in the arm if, if it does get worked out. So now that we know what tariffs are in the history, you know, let's look at how tariffs can affect consumers. So this is according to magnifymoney.com. Uh, that was an article we talked about earlier in the show that consumers generally end up paying half to two-thirds of tariff costs. The rest of the tariff is absorbed by foreign exporters or the U.S. company importing the product. Um, so that's important people know that. And yeah. we know with higher and specialized products, the entire cost is sometimes passed on to consumers. Another factor with highly specialized products is that a company might have no choice but to pay a tariff because they can't find the product anywhere else. So then they, pay the, they pass the extra expense on to the customers. Uh, so with lower end products like T-shirts, there's a lot of competition from other countries. So foreign companies often lower their cost to offset tariffs. Uh, you know, this means basically on lower end or highly competitive goods, consumers typically don't experience additional tariff cost. Competition kind of weeds that out. Um, tariffs um, have also been a long part of the American economy. People need to know that. Currently, it seems that the era of few tariffs and robust free trade is ending, tariffs will likely continue to dominate the news as governments increasingly use them as economic tools for foreign policy. So anyway, Tony, I hope the conversation today has given you know more clarity to people out there on the mechanics of tariffs and how they work and how they can affect us. Yeah, it but really has. I this believe in helped. free trade, but but it needs to be it needs to be fair on both sides. You know, right. You know, if you're getting charged 25 and uh, you're charging two and you buy three times the amount of the product, that's just not fair. No, that's it, not right. Because that, that doesn't create free trade for the, for the company that's paying the higher amount. So this yeah. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's been, a, it's been kind of a mess lately, but they're trying to work it out. And, and I think, like you say, in the long run, uh, you know, we want everything to be fair and have an equal playing field, a level yep. playing field, I should say. Well, as usual, John, our time has just flown by and our time is up for this week's show. Is there any additional information you want to share with us before we go today? You know, just that, you know, 90% of people out there don't have a cogent or comprehensive financial plan or 
they have a plan that might have loopholes in it that need to be fixed, whether it's you know mitigating insurance risk, long-term care risk, estate planning. They may not have an adequate retirement income plan. If you're not sure, give our office a call. It's toll-free at 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. And let's make a plan. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with John Balsery. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 